Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope your week is treating you well. Happy Wednesday. Happy middle of the week. I hope the midweek slumps haven't hit you too hard today. They've hit me a little, but you know what? We survive, and it's only two more days till the weekend, so can't really complain. Speaking of, for those of you who've been following along on the Sewanee journey, I just wanted to update you that I am adjusting well. Um, and I kind of had this observation where at home in Asheville, I love our space. I love our home. It feels great to me. It's super comfortable. It's aesthetically feels like us, you know, and it's it's very clean and very nice and very convenient to everything and i love our home but i feel as though we have a real lack of community there i used to feel like i had more community when i was younger and i was more of a partier i think Asheville's just like a big drinking town and i don't know i and i and maybe i've just like looked in the wrong places but I just haven't really found a group of people since I've gotten older who I really feel like I connect with on a passion level, on a career level. I have individual friends that I feel that way about, but not like a group. You know what I mean? But here in Sewanee, I mean, I just feel like the community here is lovely and incredible and probably the absolute highlight of this experience. I just like love adore so many of the people here and the experiences that we get to have with them. Like last night we did an open mic night at this little restaurant called the blue chair. And it was like half MFA students from the program here. And then like half older people who live in the community. And then there was like a couple of high school kids and then me. (laughs) And, um, Obi and I both read and it was just really sweet and really fun and incredible to hear everybody and to get to share. I loved it. And then as we know, the home space is not my vibe. It doesn't feel super comfortable to me. And so it's almost like what I have at home, I miss from here. You know what I mean? Like I miss my home space. But when I'm home, I know I'm going to miss the community. I'm, it's going to be, that's going to be hard to leave. So all in, all in all, like it's, 
a really cool experience and it's just like every experience in the world where there are some parts that are great, some parts that are hard. Um, with that in mind, I think this is a good time for us to jump into today's topic. Today we are talking about self-trust, something that I really truly believe is integral in our confidence journey and potentially the most important part of our confidence journey, um, if not the cornerstone of confidence. So let's get into it. The first thing, I'm just going to give you like tips for building self-trust. I'm going to walk through some tips. I think I have like 10 here and kind of hash them out with you. So number one is to be really honest about your strengths and your weaknesses. I talk about this in my book, The Honest Enneagram, about how I truly believe one of the key pieces to confidence is owning your blind spots, being willing to be kind of shitty sometimes for lack of a better word. Like every one of us sucks in some way, right? Every one of us has something that isn't working for us that we're going to be in relationship to forever. I will hopefully as we grow, those things soften, but they're going to rear their ugly head here and there. And that's just part of life. We're going to have new things that develop, old things that kind of soften, and that's part of it. But when we can really own those things, we build self-trust in the sense that I know myself well, right? The relief that self-awareness can bring us is immense. (laughs) Like, I am now, you know, if we own what we don't do well, because a lot of us, right, we spend a lot of our life trying not to look at that. We want it to just stay in the closet and not be a big deal. We just want to be like, let's pretend like that does not exist and focus instead on our strengths. And often when we're trying to build confidence or build self-trust, we're trying to really believe that we are the strengths that we can like own those strengths. The struggle with that is that if we own the strengths without owning the weakness, we build an incongruence, right? We start to see, we know it's in the closet. It's screaming at us like, hey, there are these things. (laughs) Hey, you have these things going on. Potentially we're getting negative feedback from people in our lives or people are having experiences with us to not feel good. And if we remain unaware or in insist on being blind to those things, it creates some internal confusion, right? I thought I was good. So why am I sometimes bad? I thought I was good. So why is this thing keep popping up? It's because you're human, right? So the more that you can own it, actually, the more confident you can be because self-love, self-trust, confidence, it cannot thrive if it is conditional right? It cannot thrive if you're only giving it to the part of yourself that you like the most, the part of yourself that is easiest to palate. Palatable? Most palatable. And so that being said, own your weaknesses. And that creates, that makes you a safer space for other people, right? Because think about the people in your life who are self-aware. They're not perfect by any means. None of us are but they're easier to work with, right? Because if you are with someone who holds their weaknesses with an open hand, who doesn't feel ashamed of them, who's found space to be okay with the fact that, yeah, they're complex. There's things about them that are difficult, things about them that are easy. Giving them feedback 
is not as hard, right? Because you can say, hey, you were a little harsh in that conversation. And they'll go, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. Instead of, no, I wasn't. (laughs) You know, you can't work with that very well. But if you can give someone feedback and they can receive that feedback, they can validate your experience with them, there's so much more potential for connection than if they're not willing to look at it. And so when we're thinking about having a relationship to ourselves, the more honest we can be about the things that don't work, the easier it will be to love ourselves in the long run because we have to learn to accept that part of us. And then that acceptance, it's easier. It's so much easier to like the part of ourselves that's easy to like. And so if we can start with the part that's harder, owning that, embracing that, and I'm not saying making excuses for it, owning it, being responsible for it, taking responsibility for it, saying, I understand how this impacts people. I am working on it, but I will not be perfect, but I will continue to try my best. That is all. That's it. You know, that being said, additionally, if you can own your strengths, you can lean into those and more so understand where you can be trusted to take charge. We should move on to point number two, or this podcast will be hours long. Okay, point number two, set realistic goals. When you set goals that are too difficult to achieve, which it's so tempting, you're actually setting yourself up for failure, which shows you over and over and over again that you cannot be trusted to meet the to do the things you say you're going to do, even though you're saying you're going to do things that are impossible to do. So what we have to do instead is set realistic goals that you can actually achieve and then commit to that and follow through. A good example of this is let's say I learned tennis today. Let's say I learned tennis today and I say, okay, in a year from now, I want to be playing professional tennis. These are the kind of goals we're setting for ourselves when it comes to so many things in our lives. We're like, I want to make a million dollars by the end of next year. And then we hold ourselves to that standard. And then we're like, I didn't do it. And then we we see ourselves as someone who can't do the things they say they're going to do instead of setting goals that are actually achievable. For example, I learned to play tennis today. By this time next year, I'd like to be able to hold a strong volley. You know, that's reasonable. So yes, definitely set goals, but set optimistic but realistic ones. And I encourage you even to set goals that are actually only within your control. Meaning don't set goals for I'm going to make a million dollars next year because you you don't have any control over that. You can have a control over all of the things you're going to do in order to potentially earn a million dollars. Like I'm going to launch a course. I'm going to post every day on Instagram. I'm going to engage with other people on Instagram. Whatever it is that you need to do to earn a million dollars, I'm going to apply for that job. I'm going to ask for a raise, you know, whatever it is for you, whatever you can control. Because again, we're we're seeking to build self-trust. And if you're trying to build self-trust off of the behaviors of others, you have to build self-trust off of what you can actually do. Today's podcast is brought to you by Stitch Fix. We are in the season. Our kid is between fifth grade and sixth grade right now, and they are figuring out their clothing aesthetic. And it has been interesting to navigate because sometimes their aesthetic doesn't match what we think makes them look like loved and cared for. And we're navigating 
releasing our opinions, letting them find their style, and it not being something that we're in the store just having a really difficult time navigating in public um, because that's a lot for our kid. It's a lot of pressure to be in the moment, like making these decisions like we're buying it today or we're leaving without anything. That's just a lot of pressure. And if you've ever gone shopping with your kids like I have, you know that it can be a mess. Your kid immediately darts toward another emoji shirt or camo pants and they get fussy when you say no and they're a handful in the fitting room. But Stitch Fix avoids all of that by doing the work for you and your family. Stitch Fix, in my opinion, is an incredible way to shop for the whole family, especially for your littles. You don't have to worry about finding clothes that your kids will like or fitting room meltdowns. Stitch Fix solves that by having a stylist do the shopping for you. It's really cool because you can share their size. You can let them pick out their favorite colors and styles. And then your stylist will come back with uh, options for them. So here's how it works. You go in, you fill out the quiz, you give them all your information, and then they send you a box of items that they've picked for you. You can purchase whatever you want from that box, or you can send them back. And I just think this is a life-saving hack for back-to-school shopping. With clothes that start at just $10, it's also extremely affordable. You can get 10 items in a kid's fix, keep what you like, send the rest back for free. They send you the bag. It's perfect. It's bagged. It's labeled. All you have to do is drop it off. There's no subscription, so you're not going to get accidentally charged over and over and over. So there's no commitment or risk to try Stitch Fix for your family today. I think it's really cool because it's almost like you have a third party who is working with you and your kid. Your kid gets to say, here's my style, here's my aesthetic, and then you have a professional stylist, you and your family, me and my family, just like living our normal lives. We get a stylist who's like, well, here are some options based off of what you've shown me you're interested in, and it's not going to be like all of the same things that I'm afraid of them picking at the store. So, and here's the really good news. If you try Stitch Fix today at stitchfix.com slash egram, you can get 25% off when you keep everything in your kids fix. That's stitchfix.com slash egram for 25% off. Again, that is stitchfix.com slash egram. Thank you, Stitch Fix, for supporting the podcast and making our back to school shopping so much easier. The next one is take risks. We've talked about this on the podcast before, but we have to step outside of our comfort zone to grow in confidence. So taking risks is integral to building trust in yourself. When you face your fears, you can then overcome challenges, which will show you that you can handle what the world brings your way. I always tell people I want them to travel alone, and that's because the most self-trust that I have ever built has been traveling abroad alone because you have to figure it out, and there's no one there that can help you. You have to rely on the kindness of strangers, rely on your intuition, rely on your problem-solving skills, and you will be amazed at what you can figure out when you are in a pinch, and you have to. You know, I want it for everybody and I just, the trust that gets built on the other side of risk is 
So special and so important. Next, celebrate your success. When you achieve a goal, when you meet a deadline, when you do what you say you're going to do, when you get good news, take time to celebrate it. If you get a nice word, a compliment, write it down. This is going to help you to reinforce positive thoughts about yourself and your abilities and your experience. So many of us go day to day today with all of the good things in our lives just kind of coming and going, not taking them seriously. We're just kind of like, oh, they said I was good at this. I'll let that go. Oh, I achieved X, Y, Z. I'm just going to let that roll off my shoulder. But then the negative things that get said about us or the critiques that we receive, we hold on to them like they're precious jewels that we can't let out of our sight. And guess what that does to our sense of self-trust? It tells us that there's something that we are only the negative things that get said about us, that we are only the things we've done wrong or the failings or the ways that we've fallen short because we have deprioritized and forgotten the things that we've done well. So honor those things, hold on to them, write them down somewhere, review it often. Next, in this vein, you know, if we're wanting to build self-trust, it kind of starts with being kind to yourself, right? Like we talked about before, everyone makes mistakes and no one is perfect. So be kind to yourself when you do make a mistake. Don't dwell on it. Don't beat yourself up about it. Instead, take it in as data, learn from your mistake, and then move on. It doesn't have to be deeper or more complicated than that. It doesn't have to be, oh, a huge failing on your part. It's just like, okay, I realized that that didn't work. I didn't like the way that happened. I didn't like the way that felt, or I didn't like the way that made someone else feel. I will do this differently next time. Lesson learned, data collected, behavior adjusted, keep going. We don't have to dwell on regret in the same way where we don't have to hold it like it's a personal failing. We can just go, okay, no one's perfect. I made a mistake. Let's keep going. You're doing great. I know you tried your best, but keep on moving. Similarly, we have to surround ourselves with positive people, not necessarily in a toxic, positive way. Like you don't need to be around people who are just like never complaining, always happy or never give you negative feedback. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that the people that you spend time with have a huge impact on your self-esteem. I'm going to say that again, right? The people that you spend time with have an incredible impact on your self-esteem. So you need to surround yourself with people who believe in you, who cheer for you, and who support you. That doesn't mean they're never going to give you negative feedback. It doesn't mean that they're never going to be sad or have complaints. But it does mean that at the end of the day, they are seeing you in a positive light. They're rooting for you, and they want the best for you. And those people exist. And if you're in a situation where you are surrounded by people who make you feel like there's something wrong with you, Consider the impact of that. And as you build self-trust in these other areas, this is going to feel less and less and less like a comfortable fit, right? Because if we are lacking self-trust and self-respect, if we're talking to ourselves unkindly, if we are doubting our innermost thoughts, our intuition, our gut, then other people have a bigger impact on us, right? And those naysayers, Though the voices of people who genuinely just do not have your best interest at heart are so familiar, 
because they're the same as what's going on inside your head. But as you start to work on the way you talk to yourself, the way you think, the way you approach failure, and you start to see your mistakes as human and not fatal, these voices will start to sound less and less good and less and less comfortable and you will find your way out and you'll be more drawn to the voices that feel who are actually on your side and rooting for you because that is now your new standard. And that being said, practice positive self-talk. So be kind to yourself when you make mistakes, but also be kind to yourself always because the way that you talk to yourself truly does matter. Pay attention to that inner dialogue and we have to challenge the negative stories that we tell ourselves about who we are and replace them with positive proactive thoughts. And I'm not saying that if you think, oh, I look ugly today, that you need to just immediately go. I look beautiful, actually. Like, I understand that sometimes it's unrealistic to go from one thought to the complete opposite in a genuine way. And in my opinion, if we're faking it to that level, it it feels fake and we don't trust fake, right? We don't trust a fake person. Therefore, if we're trying to fake our way to confidence, we're not going to trust ourselves either. So that being said, what would be genuine? I have a body. My appearance, I don't owe anyone my beauty. I like this outfit whether or not I think it looks good on me. These are ways that you can be confident without necessarily having to think that you're everything and all all the ways that you want to feel. You don't always have to feel beautiful or smart or perfect or capable or good, but you can go, you know what? This is a neutral thought. I actually don't have to shame myself over it. I can have this experience with myself without shame. Additionally, you know, you get, let's say you get some feedback on some work that you're doing and it feels really shameful. You feel really bad about it and it hurts and you want to talk to yourself in a negative way, instead go, okay, I'm getting some information. I have a skill that I want to learn. This kind of pointed out a skill that I feel like I need to learn. I'm going to let myself feel disappointed, but I'm going to take this in as information and see what I want to do to improve. You know, it's math. (laughs) Emotions are definitely math, says the head type. But allowing it to be data, allowing it to just be information and a neutral information. We don't have to go from negative to positive. We can go from negative to neutral, but eventually that neutrality can turn into positive. And I encourage you to have a dialogue with your inner critic. Now, on another note, I encourage you to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Eat foods that feel good on your body. Move your body regularly. Take care of your mental, physical, emotional health because we're basically toddlers. We have to eat. We have to drink. We, If we need to pee, we're going to be irritable. If we need to sleep, we're going to be irritable. We have a higher chance of trusting ourselves if we are taken care of. First, because we have emotional regulation skills because those all go down when we are not taken care of. But second, because we can show ourselves that we can take care of ourselves. And so it builds a sense of trust. You know, it says, I got your best interest at heart. I've got you. I'm looking out for you. I'm taking care of you. It's easier to trust that person than someone who's like a drill sergeant who's not not concerned with your experience. Next is be authentic, meaning don't 
hide who you are from other people because what can happen when we're trying to build self-love, self-trust, self-confidence is we posture. So we put on a mask. We kind of play this role or this character that we think people will like. And then the people who like it, like it. And then that mask gets all of the positive affirmation and feedback from others. And then the truest version of ourselves never really gets the validation that who they are matters because no one's getting to meet them. So if you hide yourself, it's harder to build confidence because we do need it mirrored back to us that we are worthy. And so if you're blocking off the truth of who you are from people and you're getting your feedback based off of essentially a fake version of yourself, that fake version of yourself, you're going to continuously receive the message that that's the version that people like, which isn't you, which is going to feel like people don't really like you and you are going to have a hard time liking yourself. Next, invest in learning new things. If you build a skill that you are confident in, you can release the pressure to be everything all at once. Oftentimes, if we don't take the time, effort, and hard work to really focus on becoming a master at something, we spread ourselves really thin or we don't spread ourselves into any interest at all and we don't get to build the confidence that comes with truly being an expert at something. But if you can build that and you can know, okay, I actually have a really strong skill. One, that builds self-trust because look at what you can do when you put your mind to it that's trustworthy, but also you can know the areas in which it's your turn to speak up. Okay, this is my area to take charge. This is what I definitely know. And then you don't feel pressured to be that everywhere. And when you feel pressure to be that everywhere and you continuously let it falter or you let it fail, that is not fair to you, right? I'm thinking about a situation I had recently where I was working with someone who is really a marketing expert. They're very good at marketing, but they were trying to play the role of graphic designer and that was not their skill set. And it felt it if they own the role of expert at the thing that they're good at, then they can let other people handle the things that they're good at without feeling like bad about not being good at it, right? And I don't know this person's like internal experience but it just i remember feeling like okay this isn't this person's strength they have a strength but they're not in their strength and the more that we can develop and trust our strength and become confident in that strength the less pressure we feel to to be great in all these other roles because that's not our thing that's not what we have to be great at so invest in learning new things and building skills that you are confident in And finally, when it comes to self-trust, I just want to say, I say this to sixes all the time, and that is that you can have clarity, but you cannot have certainty, meaning you can know what is best for you right now. You can get still, you can listen to your intuition, you can look at the data, go pros, cons, you can get really clear on what is good for you in this moment, but you can't know what will happen down the road. So you can't have the certainty of a positive outcome. You can't have certainty of like, absolutely nothing's going to change. But what you can do is have internal clarity that right here, right now, this is the right choice for me. Whether that 
works out the way I intend, I don't know. But what I do know is this is the way to go. And when it comes to self-trust, oftentimes we're so hyped up on certainty, seeking that certainty that we look to other people who are willing to give it to us, even at our own expense, right? This is how we end up in cults, <laughs> like, or, you know, bad relationships of someone who's willing to, to speak as if they do have certainty, which they don't because no one can tell the future, but they speak as if they have certainty, then when you aren't willing to seek your own internal clarity because you're you're so hopeful for, for certainty, their voice is all of a sudden more valuable than your own because they're willing to honestly lie to you about their sense of understanding. That being said, what you need is to sit with yourself and seek your clarity and get clear on what is good for you right here, right now, and release the hope of certainty because it doesn't exist, because it is in the future and we are not there. I hope this inspires you to try one of these little things, just kind of start a practice to build some self-trust. I truly believe that our relationship to ourself is only amplified by building self-trust, if not dependent upon it. So how can you build self-trust today? And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you Friday for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.